great big good morning. It's wonderful to have you joining us here today. I'm Senior Pastor Chuck Blair, and whether you're joining us as part of our live studio audience or joining us from all across the country or over in Europe or Africa, Philippines, wherever that might be, it's wonderful to have you with us today. So today is a very unique service, and, and before we get jumping into it, I, I want to just give you guys the question so you can start thinking about it, and it's this question, what would you like to hear? What would you like to hear? Today's service is going to be built around that whole theme. Now, I am an avid planner. I plan everything out meticulously when it comes to Sundays at New Church Live, with the exception of today. And the way we're going to work it today, it's Labor Day weekend, the way we're going to work it today is we would love to hear from you what are some things that you would find interesting. And we're going to be looking at those things. We're going to be talking about those things at, during part of the service. Literally, we're going to be doing two songs coming up here, two songs that the New Church Live Band did before. And you're going to see me sneak backstage where I frenetically put it all together. So we also are going to have the opportunity not only to have the conversation here, but if you're part of our studio audience or you're watching at home and you live locally, you're more than welcome to join us for what we call Lunch with the Pastor. So once a month, what we do is we get together at Bertucci's in Huntingdon Valley, Pennsylvania. We get together at noon on Sunday. We gather around the table and have a conversation, which you are more than welcome to join us for. That will be again at 12 noon today. So to get started, folks, one of the, one of the uh, parts of today's service gets back to this quote I heard years ago. And it was a quote by a wonderful pastor by the name of Andy Stanley down in Atlanta. And he said, most churches are answering questions people are not asking. <laughs> and I think that, that really is a danger of the work, is, is it's easy to think in, in really kind of big, heady theological terms. And to not really be asking people how their lives are going. Where's the struggle? What's the question you've been wrestling with? And that's today's service. Today's service is, is about looking at that, looking at where you're wrestling. Martha Graham, beautiful quote. The angels of God wrestled and grew strong. They chose and they acted. And so much of life is learning to wrestle with these questions. So as you have in your mind what you might like to hear, I'd ask you to text me your phone number. Excuse me, text me a message. Text me something you'd like to hear. And you can text me at 215 740-3662, that's 215-740-3662. Again, we have a lot of people who comment online, which is wonderful. So if you get a chance to comment online, please do. And please also text me so I can pull some information together and make today's service very worthwhile for all of us. Now, again, I won't be announcing so-and-so. I won't be announcing your name. So if it's, if, it's a, if it's a deeply personal question and you just want to say, Chuck, I'm asking for a friend, <laughs> you know, that's totally good because I won't announce your name. So you get a chance to really ask whatever, whatever you would like here this morning. Folks, when you send us that question, it's just interesting, right, how, how life of faith is not this. You know, it's not a life of certainty. It's not a life of where we absolutely know all the answers. As, as Emmanuel Swedenborg famously said, and I love this quote, is, is he said, you know, what is, what is faith? He said, faith is the eye of love. I love that definition. Faith is the eye of love. 
So it's much more about how we see than coming up with a certain answer. And there are places that do give us answers, but even that answering is there to help us to see things in a new way. Now, we put out there this morning in our little kids' talk, we do a little, little family talk at 9 a.m., and we already received one answer, and this answer comes the whole way from Denmark. Hey there, Chuck, I got one for you. Why is it that stagnation can sometimes seem like the most overriding emotion when you are currently farther ahead than you were yesterday? Riddle me that. Much love for you, brother. Danny Tressler, Copenhagen, Denmark. So it's a great question. Those are the kind of questions you can throw in. And we'll be, we'll be doing our best to answer them or to at least wrestle with them a little bit together today. So as we do that, folks, you know, I, I really do believe, I was thinking this morning about, you know, sort of why church and why religion and why faith and what can it really bring to our lives. Well, I find this, this book cover, this was a little smarmy book cover I saw online. No one wakes up and cracks open the book, Be the Worst You Can Be. You know, we, we just don't. And look at the small little subtext there. Life's too long for patience and virtue. <laughs> you know, no one cracks open that book. I mean, we usually maybe hit that book at about, you know, 11 a.m. a lot of days. But uh, we don't crack open the book. Like, like, we want, we have this sense that there's something more. And, and even, even this weekend, you know, I had a beautiful wedding. And this happens all the time. I do the wedding. And then, then I, then I uh, getting ready to go into the reception for a little bit. And there's this young man, Seth, and he wants to have a conversation. He's from Boston. And, and he's like, Chuck, I, I just get a sense of a lot of my generation. Like, we just want a little more. We, we, we want to kind of get back to some stuff. We want to wrestle with some stuff. We, we want to understand some things. Yeah, and you're welcome here. You're welcome here. You're welcome with those questions. You're welcome with those doubts. You're welcome in whatever perspective you come here with. Because from a Christian New Church perspective, we believe God really is all about love. We literally would believe this wonderful one. This is a welcome sign. I loved it for welcome from, a, from First Baptist Church. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. I think, I think that's true. I think that's how God would do things. I really believe that. We don't believe God punishes. We don't believe God even tests. Life tests. Evil does sort of create its own punishment in a, in a certain way. But we're here to learn together more and more about this deep, rich meaning of life. So again, the way we're going to do today, just mechanically, is I can feel my phone buzzing away already. So feel free to text in a question you might have or a point you might like me to like, touch on. Again, please remember, I'm not speaking on this like ex-cathedra that, that I sort of have the answer. I don't. I have a lot of questions. I love conversation. This is about a conversation. Conversation we're going to be having back and forth online. And you can text me at any time during the service, by the way. So we're going to do that. And to allow me a little time just to get ready to start to answer these texts. And again, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we get texts from all over the place at New Church Live. Give me a chance to answer these tests. What we're going to do is we're going to have a little video from Angela. And she's our, she's our chief operating officer here at New Church Live. And then we're going to do two songs back to back so that we get a chance to just, again, get those questions in and I get a chance to get my thoughts organized. So with that, friends, welcome. Welcome to New Church Live. Hey, New Church Live, it's Angela. We just wanted to let you know the three best ways to stay connected and plugged in here at New Church Live. 
The first is to subscribe to our newsletter. It comes out once a week and has everything you need to know about upcoming events, community service initiatives, and things going on here at New Church Live. All you have to do is go to our homepage and scroll to the bottom. There you'll be able to put your email address and sign up for updates. That will put you on our email list and it comes out once a week. The second way is to go to our events tab on our homepage. There we have every upcoming event listed with all the details, including ways to sign up and anything you might need to know. Lastly, we hope you'll follow us on social media. We have a Facebook and Instagram account, both of which are active and have tons of content there, as well as some additional content and behind the scenes things. Um, we hope you'll follow us there and we hope you'll get involved. We really wanna make sure that it's as easy as possible to get involved and up to date about anything happening here at New Church Live. Lastly, we hope you'll support us financially. None of this is possible without your financial support. So you can make a donation on our homepage or you can text the word New Church Live, all one word, all lowercase to 77977. All of this is possible with your financial contribution and all of this is happening with you in mind. So we hope that you'll stay connected and plugged in here at New Church Live. Thanks everyone.
rising up straight to the top had the guts got the glory with the distance now i'm not gonna stop just a man and his will to survive it's the I can hear them 
my buzzing And I ain't done nothing since I woke up today How the hell can a person go to work in the morning And come home in the evening and have nothing to say Of an old rodeo Just give me one thing That I can hold on to To believe in this living It's just a hard way to go so much to Levi for that beautiful cello playing. Thank you. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much. All right, friends, are we ready to go? I, 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 I'm, I'm sitting back there, my hands like shaking. Thank you. Got so many wonderful questions, and, and there's no way we'd be able to address them all, but we are going to try to hit on as many of them as, as we possibly can. And uh, yeah, so here we go. All right. So, so first off, I want to give an overview, and, and somebody wrote, asked the question, what does it look like to really walk with the Lord? And then we got another text message, and I think this is, this is kind of the, the example of it. You know, this person uh, from down south wrote, any suggestions on how to stay grounded as you try to sell your house you're living in on the brink of a huge life change? So, so how, do you do, how do you do that walk? And, and this is kind of the overview. Uh, you know, as, as I was thinking about it back there, I think one rhythm, and it's an easy rhythm for us to follow today, is the yes, no, yes rhythm of the spiritual life. That there's a yes with a small y, just a yes to allowing a little bit more of God in. When I'm having that conversation with Seth at the wedding, that's a little bit of a yes. And then there's a sacred no. There's things we have to say no to. And that's the part in our culture a lot of the time where we don't, we don't address that part. It's not a lot of fun to preach on, by the way. But, but it's important to know that there are sacred notes. There are things, anger, jealousy, vengefulness, um, those, those things we need to say no to. And then there's a much bigger yes on the other side of it. And that, and that biggest yes, it's a transcendent thing. We got a note from someone out in California who said, yeah, you know, so much of religion is going to be without name. And that's really true. When you get to that biggest yes, you know, spiritual divisions start to sort of wash away. And, and we start to understand the universe, what Emmanuel Swinborg referred to as the universal church, una one verse song, the church of one song. Or what, uh, or what Dietrich Bonhoeffer in a phrase I just loved called religionless Christianity. 
But that's, that's a big yes down there, and, and yet there's a process. It's, it's like to get to be really good at, at improv on the piano, you have to practice scales. You can't just start banging away on piano and call that you know, music, that's just called noise. So we have to have that practice, and, and that spiritual practice comes through a yes, no, yes kind of approach to life, which can be very powerful. Now, as, as we do that, one of the pieces I'd urge folks to think about is this, and I just even had this conversation today. And you can Google this if you have your phone and you're watching online, you can Google it on your, on your phone as you're, you're watching maybe on a big screen TV. And that's the idea between a labyrinth and a maze. And we've chatted about this before here in New Church Live, but it's really, really important. So this morning, I got a, got a concerned phone call from somebody who's wrestling with a lot of different issues in their life. And this person said, Chuck, I just keep on hitting dead ends. I keep on hitting dead ends. So that walk with life will feel like there's a lot of dead ends. And so much of life, what we see is how we see. What we see is how we see. And can I take life and can I, can I maybe just spin that a little bit, a little bit of a different paradigm? And that's so much about what religion really does is religion offers us a, a different paradigm, a different way to see things. That's why, as is said often, Jesus, one of the primary miracles he does is, is healing people of blindness. And I think that's both literal and figurative. So how could that work in this situation? Well, one is just Google labyrinth. I love the labyrinth in the Chartres Cathedral in France. I've never been there, but I've seen pictures of it, and I've walked it in my mind. The labyrinth in Chartres Cathedral has just so, many, so much beautiful wisdom in it. And it was considered, like, think about this, folks. It was considered how you captured religious information. So what happens is you walk into this big, beautiful cathedral, and you get quiet, and then you start tracing the labyrinth. Now, the first part of the labyrinth, you walk right in, and you're supposed to get to the center. That's the point. You walk right in. You get right up to the edge of the center. But you don't get to go in. You have to follow the path. And I think a lot of wisdom there. I, I certainly was that way, I think, to when I first got married or when we first had kids or my first job. Every time I thought, like, Lord, we made it. All done. Now, was that true? Is that the end of the journey, folks? <laughs> No, not, not at all. The journey then winds around. And the beautiful part as you follow the, the, the labyrinth of Chartres, if you're walking it with someone, someone who's standing right here who just started and just coming to what they imagine is the threshold where it's all going to come true is actually further from the answer than the person who's way out here on the outmost ring. Think about that. A lot of wisdom there. Right? A lot of wisdom there. That's, that's why when, when, when someone is here and they're saying, Chuck, I know I've got it figured out, and someone is way out here saying, I don't got anything figured out, I actually a lot of the time think this person knows more than that person. And that doesn't mean that's bad. That's part of life too. And then with this path, as we walk this path, the beauty of walking this path, folks, listen to this, right? If you're walking it with someone, many times on this path, you're going to be going in two opposite directions but you're on the same path. Think about that. Two different directions, but on the same path. There's a ton of wisdom there, too. 
Folks, these labyrinths were everywhere. And we don't have them much anymore. I don't know that we're better off for that. I think that idea of a labyrinth is a great way to sort of see the way we walk with God. Because it zooms us out into understanding the biggest picture of what we're trying to do. And then comes, friends, then comes this other part, this, this initial yes here. I had this question asked in a number of different ways, and, and boy, great question. One person said, is life fundamentally worth living? Why are we here? Why are we here? Why are we here? Is life fundamentally worth living? Why are we here? That's a great question. I think we're here as best we can to deliver our best intentions on God's behalf. That's why we're here. Take our best intentions, the best intentions of our heart, offer those up in service to God. It is, it is really hard to do because some days, folks, it's just, it's just hard. It's just really hard. Meeting with another person and going over some challenges with this person, you know, I'm just struck by how incredibly hard life is for most people. I mean, I'm sure there are some who get a little less. I, I know there are some who get way more than I think is fair, and God and I are going to have a conversation about that at some point in time. But it's, but it's hard. And that question, why are we here, is, is a really significant question. And, and it's, 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 I think we need to let go of, you know, right, right uh, Rana Marika Rilke, said, our job is to fall in love with the question so that we can someday live into the answer. Fall in love with the question so someday we can live into the answer. I think that's a part of faith too. Where we just learn to love that question. Yeah, why am I here? Because one of the things that, that has struck me in, in the terms of the importance of answering that question is I tend to come at it, and I imagine a lot of you do too, we tend to come at it one of two ways. One is an approach that, that sort of leans this way, leans towards despair. Like, why am I here? What's the point of all this? This feels pointless. Will some days feel pointless? Yes, they clearly will. Some days are going to feel pointless. We can just accept that. And then please, if a friend is in that place, the last thing I think we should do is just is tell them the way it is. You know, they're just in that place. So I can, I can come to it from that, why am I here, and kind of this really like, like despair-oriented thing, which we will all touch. Ready? Ready for this, guys? Jesus touched it. Read the Easter story. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And if Jesus touched that why me place, you ain't going to not touch it. <laughs> We're all going to touch it. And then there's this other place, and this isn't like an easy shift, and it's not a shaming, like, stop doing that. you got to do this. It's like eventually maybe we can lean a different way, which is why am I here? And then look out at the world. Trust that God has put you into the worlds that you are to heal. So why are you here? Look where your feet are. That's where you're supposed to be. And who in your orbit is there that you're to serve? Not fix. You're not there to fix them. 
You're not even necessarily there, and this is a controversial one that I'm sure some of you will, will get a little twinge, but you're not even there necessarily to help them. You're there to serve. Again, fix, help, don't want to go there. We want to go to serve. Because serve means I'm curious. New Church is this beautiful concept that our job is to serve the good in the neighbor. So that means I have to be close enough to other people to see that good, serve that good as best I can. And that takes a, a reduction of proximity. I have to get closer, as close as I can possibly get. That, is, that folks, is, is part of just that initial yes. Like, yes, I'm going to say yes to this because despair isn't working. Despair is a contrasting opposite. I want to say yes to maybe a little bit of a different way of holding, of holding life. With that, friends, it is, it is challenging, right, to, to, to figure out how do you keep that initial balance? How do you keep, how do you keep balance in all that? Here's one. I'll, I'll read you a note here from, uh, from someone who sent a wonderful note about this balance. Uh, I sometimes find it difficult to balance loving everyone unconditionally and keeping myself safe from toxic relationships. How do you keep those who don't have your best interests at heart at a safe distance and show love for everyone at the same time? That's a great question because, because sometimes the way we serve may be to actually withdraw. Sometimes the best way we can help someone is just by getting, we can't really help them in that place. And I, I think so much of it is can we keep goodwill? Even in that space, can we still say yes to basic goodwill? And we'll be returning to that, because needless to say, a number of people send in questions about forgiveness. Uh, you know, connected to that, somebody asked, well, so why, well, why do church? You know, and I know that they're watching church, so they've already got an answer that works for them. Uh, I would just say this. I think church is all about this. Church is about learning. Church is about connecting. Church is about serving. That's what we do here at New Church Live. And I, I look at it a lot like respiration. It's a basic yes to church. When you say yes to church, you're saying yes to, yeah, you want to learn a little something. And hopefully after every service, you learn a little thing or see something you didn't, didn't, may not have seen before. So we say often here, uh, the best sermons or services are sermons you already know, but you've heard for the, you're hearing it for the first time. We connect. We want to have fellowship. We want to people have that online. We have a bunch of small groups. You're more than welcome to sign up. we got a new small group program coming up. Sign-up sheets are out there in the lobby as well as online. And then the biggest one we want to serve. We want to be known for serving. And as we do say that initial, that initial yes, somebody wrote, wrote this line, which I really appreciated a lot. Let me pull the line up here. Uh, they, said, they said, don't forget that things we've learned from the Bible and the Holy Spirit teach us through study. Use a journal or a notebook, no, notebook to keep track of those things. That's what I found helpful. The more respect we show and the things we learn, the more God will want to share with us. And there is, there is a clear piece to saying yes to the Bible. Now, now, with the Bible, when we say yes to the Bible, this is super important, folks, super important. Please, as you go through that initial, initial yes to the Bible, to, to, to Scripture, to reading, the, the writings of Emmanuel Swedenborg uh, to, to the Holy Spirit, which is, which is intuition flowing through us. Please, 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 don't ever weaponize those things. The Bible is never a weapon. As we say in here many times, God is constantly breaking God's own rules. 
He's constantly saying, that's it. We're going to erase the human race, Old Testament stuff, an appearance there of God's anger. But it doesn't happen. Because relationship, every time God forgives humanity, it's a reminder that God values his relationship with us more than any rules. And please remember that. Value your relationship with other people more than any rules. I think that's really important. And, and the Bible, you know, as we, as we go through that, you know, please see it as a, as a portal, not as a, uh, as a, a point. So, so the Bible and the Holy Spirit, what it is, is it's something we look at and we look at this point, but then we see what's beyond it. I mean, that's what the Bible should, should really do. It should point us outwards. And then the last one here, this, this yes. I think, I think this last part of yes, folks, is, is really a key part because it's, it's the yes to forgiveness. It's the yes to forgiveness. The vast majority of the Bible, of the New Testament, is focused on forgiving. And forgiving is really challenging to do. It's, it's constant work. And, and I think, and I've, many of you have heard me preach this many times, and this is my standard wedding speech around forgiveness that I think we all need to hear again and again. Forgiveness with loved ones tends to go through three phases. The first phase, we forgive them of everything. Everything imaginable, they will be forgiven. And it's, it's funny even watching with young couples. They'll, they'll, they'll have little quirky habits, like they'll chew a certain way or they'll laugh a certain way. And even that's kind of cute when you, when you first get married. It's not cute five years later. And then what we rapidly do, then we move into forgiving nothing. Nothing. So that's when they show up in my office, like, Chuck, he chews. He has to learn to chew. Okay, we'll work on that. Um, you know, that's the forgiving nothing. So we go from, from forgiving everything to forgiving nothing. And then we have to get to the point, folks, where we really, under, really come to understand what forgiveness is. That, that forgiveness is it's about forgiving. And what does that look like for you? I mean, I don't necessarily know. But, but if you think about someone who you're struggling with, it may not be a relationship you can repair. It may be, again, to use Desmond Tutu's words, renew or release. It may be one you really feel like it's just time to release it. But we still have to have that, that basic core perspective that I am for giving this person something. And it may just be goodwill. And it may be goodwill from 100 miles away. Because that's what's safe. So that's the way I think forgiveness, forgiveness works. Now this next one, folks, so we have, we have yes, you know, this, this initial yes, and then we have to understand what a sacred no is. We have to see those parts in our life that, that just aren't working and that we need, we need to really say no to as best as we can. Now, part of that, folks, you know, there's so many good questions about, about what this no looks like. When I, when I look at rules and how rules work, I, I used to see kind of rules, uh, you know, as like these, these boundaries. You know, in other words, there's like this fence in front of me and my life wants to go this way and the rule's kind of in front of me and it's keeping me from doing what I want to do. And there are times where that, that's a healthy way to see it. But I think I particularly held it that way when I was a teenager, well, into my 20s. 
And now, I think a way we can hold it with rules is something a little different. I remember having a, a dear friend, a mentor, talk about rules are there to help us get back on track. That's the sacred no. And the sacred no, instead of, if you think of it like this wall right here, think of it like edges to the stream. A river without banks is a puddle, was a quote I use a lot. Rules, the sacred no, they're sort of the banks to the river. Because those will help us to move forward in our life. And if we don't have that, if we don't have a sacred no, things don't tend to work real well. Think of the last time, folks, you were, you know, driving through the city and a stoplight wasn't working. How well did that work for you? Not terribly well. That's, that's how rules are supposed to be held. And, and with, those, with those rules, folks, um, you know, what are, what are some that, that are significant that, you know, that people, people talked about? Well, we got one, one note, somebody said, yeah, how do we shift out of negative thinking? Like, why do people think negatively so much? I think that's part of a sacred no, too. Not thinking negatively, like, like the sacred no is not about negative thought. The sacred no is this. The sacred no is where I'm willing to say no to the negative thought. Look, folks, like life, again, let's be square. Life is really challenging. There are a million and one opportunities for all of us to have an incredibly negative day. Like the information is all there. You can pull any information you want to make this day appear horrible. You can do that. Jim Wallace famously said, Believe in spite of the evidence and watch the evidence change. The evidence does change. It changes all the time. You get to choose the evidence. So people do get into that negative thought. And, and you know, the question of this person is asking why, which is a great question. I think people choose negative thought because it's easy. Being a cynic is the easiest position to take anywhere. <laughs> notice, and I say this a lot as well, notice folks with negative thought, notice how quickly, I certainly do this, I imagine a lot of you do too, how quickly we lean into negative talk when we're unsure of our social situation. I may not know how to talk to this person, but if we can find something we both want to complain about, we're good. That's that negative thought. And we really do have to learn to, to, to shift it and say, and say no to that stuff. Folks, just put this in your head. All of us in this room, all of us online, whether you're watching me from Denmark or whether you're watching us from the Philippines, you have one voice in your head that you'd love to get rid of. You have one voice in your head you'd love to get rid of. What's that voice? When you listen to that voice, what does it cost you? And when you don't listen to it, what opens up for you? There's a thought around the sacred no. That sacred no, folks, can help us to grow and change and morph into, into amazing ways. And, and the changes that can take place can be, can be deeply powerful. It, it, it's why folks, you know, and sometimes we're asked to, you know, take, take uh, positions on things. And, 
and we're asked to, but that's, that's again, it has to come from this, we're going to say yes, we're going to say yes to relationship, we're going to say yes to the third way, we're going to say no, we're going to say no to weaponizing things, we're going to say no to negative thought, and, and that will allow us to have a form of imagination, moral imagination out there into the world that can grow. We did receive, you know, a few questions about like, yeah, how in this, if this era where LGBTQ stuff is so, so challenging, right? It just feels like there's parts of that that are rending our culture apart. Well, how do we hold that? Well, you know, we, just, we just don't weaponize and we don't leave people out. We don't leave people out. New Church Life's not going to leave people out. It's really that simple. And we'll figure out what loving looks like, and we're going to do that in the spirit that nobody gets left out. That we don't have to make hard and fast lines, because that's, that's, again, that's not what God is really asking us to do. God's asking us to love other people. A short story, this one from Andy Stanley, that I, that I love. Again, Andy Stanley's such a great pastor. He was talking about this issue. Many of you have heard this story, though I haven't preached on it for years. And Andy Stanley was, in, uh, was an intern with his dad at his dad's church down south. And uh, they were having the big gay pride parade. Had this, his dad was a, was a fundamentalist preacher. And the gay pride parade had decided it was going to show up right outside of his church, right his church was letting out. So, so Andy Stanley know this is going to happen. His dad says, I know what we'll do. We'll let church out early. Everybody's gone. Gay pride parade comes through. Joke's on them. So Andy Stanley, what, what he does is he goes into the bushes. He actually talks about sneaking into the bushes of the church. You know, and he's sneaking down in the bushes and he's looking through the bushes to see what happens. He's like 20-something years old, new theologue. And, and he sees, he sees these, the Cape Pride Parade coming down and they actually arrived early so that his dad's church gets let out at the same time. And, and he just sees the confluence of these two, these two force vectors. And... What he does is he looks across the street at the other church, across the street, and they've got a table out with water bottles on the table. And he said, I got clear, that's the church I want to be. That's the church New Church Live will be. Because I, I think, again, I, I think that's what Jesus asked us to do. Uh, just for those of you who are, who are interested, Jesus never mentions homosexuality one time in the New Testament. He mentions taking care of the widow, the orphan, constantly. And so that idea that that's what we really need to be talking about, we really need to be working hard at that. And the last word on the sacred no is this, folks. And this is courtesy of, of Reverend Jonathan Rose. It's interesting when we, when we practice that sacred no... There's both a command there and there's a promise there as well. And what does that mean? Well, take the simple command, first command, you'll have no other gods before my face. Well, that's a command, all right? So don't set up other things in your life that you treat as God, that you treat as religion. And that includes, you know, we're about to hit football season. <laughs> you know, don't treat football, your football team like a God. And that's hard for me to do. But don't do that, right? I don't know what that is for you. You know, I think we all have different things that we're, we're prone to sort of make into an idol and, and worship in all the same ways we worship God. We tend to worship that thing. 
And Jonathan made a brilliant point. He said, yeah, of course there's that rule, right? That rule, you will have no other gods before my face. But then there's a promise. Oh, folks. You'll reach a point where you just won't have other gods. Talk to someone who's overcome an addiction sometime. Talk to them about the joy they feel in their life. They know exactly what I'm talking about. Booze isn't a God anymore. Drugs, not a God anymore. Whatever that addiction might be, it's just not the God anymore. That's where it's a rule. But don't forget, friends, there's a promise there, too. I just think about how many people, I mean, a constant refrain I hear again and again is, Chuck, I just don't want all these voices in my head. If you keep working the program, little by little, those voices will grow quieter. I think that's the peace that passes all understanding. And that comes out of a sacred no. And then the the last part here, folks. We have yes, you know, that small yes, I'm going to say yes to just trying this religion thing, trying this spiritual thing, trying this journey thing. I'm just going to say yes to it. And then I I come to realize, like, I'm going to have to say no to some things as well. That's a sacred no. Okay, got it. I'm going to work at a few sacred no's in my life. And again, folks, you don't need to work at a bunch of them. I think if, if you can pick one and you make it small and you work at it, you're going to find a lot of stuff shifts for you. And then what happens is then then God's work really starts to take over. God's responsible for that final yes. I don't think we can give it to another person. I don't think it yields to simple steps. If we did, I'd be a very wealthy man if I knew what those were. They don't. It's just about this journey, this journey that God has us on. Please understand that part. You are on this journey. And it's this journey to this biggest yes. And this biggest yes, friends, is is such an incredibly beautiful thing to watch out there in life. When we come come to this this place, you know, I think think prayer shifts for us. And there were a number of questions about prayer. Prayer. So much of prayer, when we initially start the concept of prayer, it's an intelligence briefing to God, as one, as one author put it. So in other words, we pick up the phone, we tell God everything up in our life, and then we hang up the phone. That's an intelligence briefing. Prayer becomes a much softer place. Abraham Joshua Heschel, walking with Martin Luther King, Going over the Edmund Pettus Bridge, he talks about the peace that he felt there, and he said, my legs were praying. That's the biggest yes. It's, it's this yes that has an intuitive feel to it. It's, it's this prayer where we're really okay, as the 12-step tradition says, you know, we're, we're only praying for God for a knowledge of your will and the strength to carry it out. The knowledge of your will, God, which will always be to love and the courage, the strength to carry it out. That's a soft prayer, friends. It's not my agenda anymore. 
It's not treating God like Santa Claus. God, here's the list of things that I would like for Christmas this year. It's settling us down into that journey. And it's, and it's a settling. You know, that original question that, that came out of the Carolinas, you know, that, that original question from South Carolina about like, yeah, what do I, what do, I do to get grounded? Well, that's part of it, right? It's, it's a prayer. It's where prayer just starts to really ground us in a deep way. The story I tell a lot, and it's a great example of how we can use prayer, is the story of Mother Teresa. Many of you have heard this, but I know we have some new people joining us online today, so I want to share it again. The story of Mother Teresa, and she asked what she prayed for, and she said, she said uh, uh, not much, you know, I, I just try to listen. And then a good reporter asked her, well, what is God telling you? And she said, not much, he's listening too. It's a great line. If you ever get confused about how to pray, pray trying to listen to God listening to you. Let me even tear up even saying that. That may sound like crazy. It works. You will really hear God listening to you. And that's, ah, boy, folks, that's, that's a very grace-filled, very grace-filled place. And what does this all, all come to look like? Well, I think, folks, as, as Ram Dass said, you know, we're all just walking each other home. We're on that labyrinth thing. We're walking each other home. Yes, no, yes. And that biggest yes, I think part of that is, is celebrating those moments where we see it, where we see that biggest of biggest yeses. And it's just at those moments, boy, I know for me, I just feel like I just got to take off my shoes, a little nod there to to Jacob's Ladder, famous Bible story. Take off my shoes and just say, this, this was holy ground, I didn't even know it. And that was all God's work. You know, we don't put ourselves there. I think, I think we just get to observe it. And if, if we keep working, yes, no, yes, we'll, we'll see it. And we won't see it every day. We certainly won't see it 24-7. And we'll certainly see it in bits and pieces. I think back, you know, one of the times, I was thinking recently, uh, not a recent experience of it, but one that was deeply profound for me. And that was where, when we had Nora McInerney here to speak at New Church Live. Nora is a wonderful speaker. You know, I would tell you, Google her, watch her TED Talk. She did one of the most popular TED Talks ever, and it was on grief. And she's a young mom, and she had lost her her husband and her dad, I believe within two weeks of each other. And Nora came here and spoke at New Church Live. Wonderful experience. And why she's on my mind is she, we've been writing back and forth recently. She's checking in on New Church Live about how much her experience meant to her when she came here to speak. And, and her speech was incredible. I mean, this was pre-COVID. We had we had uh, 300 IPs online. This place was sold out. I mean, just that morning, we had over 600 people, which tells you, again, how much life has shifted. Our church has grown. We're doing fine. But people have shifted online. That's, that's really clear. And the night before was one of the more profound nights I've had in my life where, where it's like, oh, yeah, that's the big yes. That's what it really looks like. So what happened the night before? Well, what happened was uh, a young mom who had lost her, her husband in tragic circumstances, 
hosted a big dinner at her house. And we're gathered around in a circle. I don't know how many of us there were. You know, I'm going to guess maybe 45 to 60 people or so. It was a big, big crowd there. We're just, we're just trying to get people who had experienced loss within the last year. And there were some people who had lost friends and family to, to suicide, to addiction, to homicide, to just to cancer. Those are the people we were inviting into that, that circle. And we went around, and as we're going around, we just did this question. As you're standing here in this circle, who's on your heart today? You could have heard a pin drop. The listening there was so sacred. The sharing was so heartfelt. There was no pretense. There was no, hey, world, look at me. There was nothing but, but pure humanity. And this memory, as Mother Teresa said, we will have peace when we remember we belong to each other. And here's this group of strangers. I mean, not everybody knew everybody. And it was just this memory of like, we really belong to each other. Life's really hard and it's really imperfect and it's really beautiful, but, but here somehow that, that line from the Psalm, God, you've given me beauty for ashes, you know, comes to mind. It was profound. We don't get there unless we show up. We don't get there just entertaining ourselves. We get there doing the work with God. Yes, no, yes. Those moments, folks, those, those big yes moments, I, I think are, are so much what we're, what we're trying to, to create. And doing it in this day and age is, is challenging because the world has changed. I mean, the world, I, I think about that world that Nora was in and the world we had now, it feels like she spoke here 30 years ago. You know, it was two years. We're totally different now. A lot of it not by our own choosing, by the way. It's just we've had to learn to adapt and do things differently. So someone asked this question. How do you see a Monday morning church? Because that's what we're really trying to create here. If you're joining us for the first time, I mean, New Church Live at its simplest is, is a Monday morning church. And different people see that differently. I mean, one of my favorite little ones that someone said once was, uh, I was chatting with him and he said, uh, he said, oh, I've never liked organized religion. So I said, well, why do you like New Church Live? And he said, because it's disorganized. And we're a little bit disorganized. We're a little bit sort of trying to figure it out as we go along. But we're trying to join with others. And it's not just religious others. We're just trying to join with other people, temples, synagogues, mosques, nonprofits. And we're trying to all do this together and trying to figure out what it looks like to have that Monday morning church. Whatever we say here, whatever we do here, whatever connections we make, have to be guided by that principle. That it's not just a theory we're talking about. That this is every bit, yeah, of course, part of what you read. But most importantly, where are you going to roll up your sleeves and do? Do as best you can. Do in the way that God gives you to see it. Oftentimes, those are small ways that no one else will notice. 
But that's what we want to do. That's the life. That's the kind of church we're seeking to become. And it's not, it's not seeking to become that thing as a, look, we are way better than. I know anytime somebody, uh, anytime somebody says to us, well, it looks like you've got a few things figured out. I'm, I feel like, do not say that. I don't feel like i got anything figured out. But I feel like it's all worth a try. I feel like we're in a world that needs these connections. That needs to learn in different ways to gather. And that needs to reclaim the priority of service to our fellow, fellow human beings. I want to say that again. Reclaim the priority of service to our fellow human beings. That's the whole Swedenborgian thought. Swedenborg believed even your job, no matter how mundane, is a holy endeavor to serve other people. That's a great reminder. So as we close here, folks, I want to thank you for what you've offered. I should probably do like a quick, ch- I probably shouldn't, but there's a bunch, there's a bunch of other thoughts that I will, uh, I, will, I will throw to you. I'll throw some other thoughts to these folks who've been texting during the service. But I thank you for allowing us the space to do just a little online conversation with you. Again, if any of these conversations are interesting and you want to follow up on them, please do. Also, last minute, a couple of invites. You want to follow the conversation today. If you live locally in the Philadelphia area or you're here with us today, you're welcome to join us for lunch at 12 noon just to follow up the conversation. And you're also welcome to sign up for a small group we have coming up this fall called New that will be starting in a, in a few weeks. You're welcome to do that as well. And with that, folks, again, just thank you. God bless you. May we all have a week thinking yes, thinking what the no is, and then living into and witnessing to the biggest yes of all, which is God's presence in our lives. Amen. What we're going to do now, folks, is do a prayer followed by the final song. So, Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for what you've offered. Thank you for the wonderful thoughts that people have texted in and shared. Help us, Lord, to understand that the life of faith is a life of conversation. It's a life of wrestling. It's a life of moving forward. It's a life, Lord, oftentimes two steps forward, one step back. Some days, no doubt, two steps back, one step forward. But all of it held by you, all of it held by love, all of you held, all of it held by grace. Thank you for your presence here among us today. Be with this congregation as they move forward in their lives. In your name we pray. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you, May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, bring you peace, and bring you home. Amen.